You're listening to You Play A What, a podcast by a musician for musicians. My name is Vincent and I play the euphonium. Join me as I sit down with successful musicians to talk about their specialization, inspirations, and career developments. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 38 of You Play A What. I hope all of you are doing well. This week's episode is another rant and today's topic is regarding the recent announcement for the formation of Singapore's first University of the Arts with the quote-unquote alliance between Nanyang Academy of Fine Arts and LaSalle College of the Arts. This announcement was done by Minister of Education Lawrence Wong and it is said that the university will be set up in an estimated three to four years' time With its university status, it has also been awarded its very own degree awarding powers, which means that we could very well see these two institutions awarding their own degree independently as compared to now. Most, if not all, of the bachelor's degrees are awarded in collaboration with a university from another country. So this could very well be a game changer and also serves to provide an additional option for higher arts education, not just for the local students, but for the students living around the region as well. But before we go any further, I would just like to make a disclaimer that I am an adjunct faculty member at the Nanyang Academy of Fine Arts as a euphonium tutor. An appointment that means quite a bit to me and I have took it on since August last year. So this podcast episode is not sponsored by the school. They didn't ask me to do this. I just thought that I have some or a few interesting things to share regarding this formation of the university. So on this episode, we are not going to be talking about how to reinvent the curriculum for the university and all that stuff. What I would like to talk about today is, and I guess this is a question for everyone that's listening, is What does pursuing a music education in a university means to you or to a prospective student? So my initial reaction when I saw this news, it was actually shared by my previous podcast guest, Nicholas Ong, living in Oxford at the moment. A shout out to Crafting Musical Live podcast. They have recently posted a new episode, so do check that out. Uh, Back to what I was about to say. So initially, I was really excited about the news, actually. The coming together of two arts institutions to form a larger organization and perhaps providing new learning opportunities for students and bring the education, uh, the quality and the level of education up to another level is something that kind of really excites me. But like most artists, I tend to live in my own world and A lot of times, uh, the opinions that I share, other people don't agree with or they don't share the same sort of sentiments as me. And that's absolutely fine. So uh, thinking that, of course, everybody would think that this is a good idea because what's there to disagree with or what's there to dislike about setting up a new university that is designed to showcase or develop the expertise of the student 
But of course, I was wrong. And I started going down this rabbit hole of Facebook comments <laughs> after this news broke, particularly on the Mothership uh, Facebook page. So uh, let me just share with you some of the online comments that I've read regarding <laughs> the, the creation or the formation of this new university. So, and I quote, Not practical degree in Singapore. At most, teach piano, violin, etc. The next one, what use is an art degree? <laughs> Followed by the most useless degree. And then, I think an art degree is important. Who else is going to supplement the food delivery workforce during a pandemic? People need to be civil and not discriminate the artists that are delivering your food. Study so much to be a non-essential worker. Such degrees cannot help feed your family or buy a HDB flat. How many parents will want their kid to study art for degree? Why can't we create more uni for medicine and lawyers? Got degrees but can't put food on the table. Okay, so these are just a couple of um, the comments that I've read or I've seen on the Facebook page. So, as you can imagine, as I scrolled through these comments, I was rather triggered. I felt offended. I felt disrespected as an arts practitioner. And ultimately, at that moment, when I was reading these comments, everything felt really personal. I was really on the verge of partaking in this really heated debate between if you think arts degree is useless, then delete all the apps on your phone and don't ever consume any piece of entertainment. Don't watch Netflix, don't do this, don't do that, all that kind of stuff. Versus, I still believe that you can't gain employment and make decent money doing art. But, of course... Uh, with most things, I, I am able to practice a certain level of restraint. So I held back. I, I gave myself some time to think about this and what I've read. Uh, so I came up with this conclusion to just kind of explain the, the very strong emotions that I was feeling. And I actually think that I wasn't angry per se, but what I was feeling was actually more hurt. It hurts because this has been my life's work so far. You know, uh, being in the arts industry or being in the music industry. And I, I do care a lot about the work that I do. So, uh, of course, it's normal that when you read a comment like that saying that what you're doing or the this uh, field that you've spent time and money studying is uh, not being respected by other people. And I think because of that, this comment, like I said previously, felt really personal. Uh, it felt like it was an attack to me as a person. But stepping back for a moment and thinking about it clearly, and I actually now feel that these comments are not personal at all. Now, why do I say that? I think we can't expect people who choose not to pursue what we pursue to understand why we do what we do. Generally, if I could say that there are going to be two schools of people when it comes to how they feel about pursuing art or 
an art degree or going into this uh, art or music industry, you ha- you have the school of people who would understand why you do what you do. And for these people, either they are also doing the same thing or they are most likely at this point in time in their career pursuing their passion. Otherwise, then they have given it a serious consideration of actually pursuing a course of study or a career in something that they were really interested in, but because of their own circumstances, maybe they end up not doing that. While you have this other school that would not understand why you choose to do or practice art as a profession. And probably people who don't share this understanding with you will always have a more pragmatic approach to life in general. People are entitled to their opinion and are, they are free to say what they believe in. At the end of the day, I think these initial comments are not personal attacks on my character, but they are just barely an opinion of someone. Some of the clapbacks, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> took things to a more personal level. So uh, we have people that were vouching for the, uh, the artist saying that people who made these comments are uncultured, lacking in civility. But actually, I actually don't think that these accusations are fair. Uh, by no means am I agreeing with the people who said that these degrees are, are, are not of value. I'm not saying that I agree with what they say. I'm not saying that I agree that if you are an arts practitioner, then you are therefore deemed as poor. You will not be able to put food on the table. Absolutely false. I do not agree with that. But I, I don't think there's a need for us to go that far as to say that they are uncultured or they are uh, lacking in civility and this sort of direct attack to them just because they have an opinion, you know. Uh, if, if I were to say that I don't like this bowl of noodles, it doesn't mean that the chef is terrible. It simply means that it's not for me and it's not to my taste. If someone thinks that an arts or music degree is useless, it doesn't mean that the work and craft that you have devoted yourself and your time to is worthless. They're not saying that you are a bad artist. They're not saying that the quality of your work is poor, right? Uh, all they're saying is that they don't find value in pursuing that uh, field of studies and that degree. I would also like to mention that uh, here that I'm re- actually really fortunate to be able to afford my overseas education in the UK. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about my parents, but I certainly have no regrets. And just so <laughs> to, to debunk some theories based on my own experience, uh, I have just signed the lease to my new flat last Thursday since returning to Singapore for about two and a half years. So it's definitely possible to buy a HDB flat whilst uh, being an arts practitioner and uh, pursuing music as a profession so far. Or maybe, maybe you just need to find the right partner and then everything will be sorted. So I'm not going to be talking about the perks or advertise higher music education because I believe I've already had this conversation with Daniel Lim a couple of episodes ago. 
Shout out to Daniel if you are listening. Thank you for always giving me new ideas for the podcast. So in his episode, I spoke to Daniel about how he pivoted into the corporate world after graduating with a music degree. So lots of wonderful insights about how he made this switch. So if you are interested in that, or if you are thinking that really all we do in a music college or in a music university or the conservatory is to just become better musicians. And by the end of it, if we put our instruments away, we are reset back to square one, then you have to listen to this episode and see how he made me go through certain exercises and tests to make sure that, or to distill and to make sure that we understood what are the skills that we developed over our time in the music college. So I'm going to burst a few bubbles here. And from here on, I will just be addressing the music degree and the music industry in general and not so much the arts industry. So having accreditation does not make you a more legitimate arts practitioner as compared to someone who does not have accreditation. So in short, what I'm trying to say is that you don't need to pursue higher music education just so that you think that it's going to give you legitimacy to have a career in music. You can still have a career in music without going through the higher music education route. Absolutely possible. So do not think that, oh, because I want to pursue this as a career, therefore I have to. Uh, you, you do that because you want to become better at what you do. But it shouldn't be, your motivation should not be that, oh, once I get through this four years and I get a degree means that, you know, I'm, I'm now legitimate. I, I don't think that should be the way it works. Uh, secondly, uh, a degree in music does not automatically grant you employment and reward you with the entitlement to gig opportunities as a freelancer. And in fact, actually no degree does that. Not anymore, at least. You're not guaranteed work just because you have a bachelor's degree from a university, you know. Uh, perhaps in the past, a bachelor's degree could be something that separates you from the pack, but not anymore nowadays. So if you think that all you have to do is to hone your musical abilities during your course, focus on getting good, and then the chips will fall all at the right place, uh, I'm afraid you are in for a rude awakening. Uh, so don't take it from me, okay? Take it from Emma, the author of the article, Juliet must modernize or it will disappear. This article is featured on Rolling Stones and I will provide the link in the show notes so that you can read the full article. Uh, in her article, she talks about how the systems at Juliet is to train graduates for a traditional orchestral career, which is a shrinking industry in America. And I quote part of the article. Instead, the U.S.'s donation-dependent institutions must acquiesce to its wealthy donors, most of whom are older, highly traditional, and over-focused on the likes of Beethoven and Mozart. But the answer to getting more people to listen to orchestra isn't more Beethoven. End quote. 
this is also a conversation I had with Emily Cole a while back on the podcast where we spoke about how we think the music scene internationally should be moving forward and not looking back. So you can tune in to that episode if you want to listen a little bit more about Emily's ideas about how we can move the, the scene forward. Uh, another great post that I came across and it's really interesting, isn't it? Uh, just happened that I was going to do an episode about uh, music education and the university. I just come across all this post <laughs> uh, <laughs> shared by friends on Facebook re regarding uh, music education uh, globally. So uh, I came across this post shared by Dr. Liam Bunhua. And this Facebook post is by Will Freckenhauer. I think he is the violinist at the Miro uh, String Quartet. Uh, regarding his thoughts about the music education, once again, link is in the show notes, but I'll read the short excerpt of the post for you. In over 20 years, I've played over 1,600 professional string quartet concerts for over 425 organizations in my career to date. Of those, only 30% had me back for a second time. Wait for it. Only 9% of those had me back more than five times, which is about 40 organizations. And if I look really closely, there are 20 organizations that have made my career, my life, what it is, a full life. 20 years, 20 organizations, 9%. And then I look at what music education is prepping us for. What stories is it telling us or not telling us? What fantasies is it selling? And what are the realities? So that is the beginning of his post. So head over and have a read. He asked some pretty difficult questions and I think he made some really good points. And... I think it is a good reminder for all music students or prospective music students to ask yourself these questions all the time and get the best out of your experience and your time in the university or college or wherever you are pursuing your education right now or is going or where you are going to pursue your education. Of course, it's not all doom and gloom. There are plenty of people out there who are able to help you gain clarity and distill your thoughts uh, in what you eventually seek to do. Uh, I recommend you head over and listen to two of these quite wonderful podcasts. The first one is The Entrepreneurial Musician, hosted by Andrew Hitz, the former tuba player of Boston Brass. And the second one is Crushing Classical, hosted by Tracy Friedlander. Her recent episode with Brian McNeil was really, really cool. And it was so refreshing listening to them talk about how they design their work and their business. Uh, talking about pricing for gigs and teaching, as well as strategies to implement for freelancers out there who are trying to build a music studio or a following of their own. All really fantastic stuff. And of course, links will be provided for this two really wonderful podcasts. So in all the way I see it is that there's much to be excited about our new University of the Arts, 
but it is not a one-stop solution for all things related to your artistic career. But what it is, is a space for growth, experimentation, failure, distillation of thought, and building a resilient career. It could quite possibly be the space whereby you start to understand yourself as an artist and start doing work that is reflective of yourself as an artist. And with that, I will sign off on this episode of You Play A What. You have been listening to You Play A What, hosted by Vincent Tan. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button so that you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends if you feel so inclined. The theme music for the podcast is entitled Midnight Affairs and is composed by Algirdas Matonis and recorded by Vincent Tan. Thank you so much for listening to You Play or What? Until next time. Thank you.